Citizen sleuths are focusing on the brutal slayings of four college kids. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. This is the start of something major. Follows online detectives as they unravel the mystery of the infamous Idaho College murders. There's plenty of places to hide a weapon. And turned it into a social media phenomenon. Where are the roommates? It is a huge night. I want the truth from you. Hashtag Cyber Sleuths. The Idaho Murders. Now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Monday, January 15th, 2024. Happy MLK Day. I am Dave Biddle. I am joined by Dan Rubin. A lot of good stuff to get into. We're going to look at the projected depth chart for the Buckeyes. It's beginning to take shape heading into the 2024 season. A lot of good news continues to roll in for the Buckeyes. Um, we're going to look at maybe some staff arrivals for the Buckeyes. And we're going to, Dan's going to give you his dream coaching staff for the Buckeyes. And we're going to get into even more Ohio State football. Before we do that, I'm going to let you know about our newest sponsor, Joy Mode. And a great deal you guys can get. I think I speak for most men when I say we want to be our best in the bedroom. The issue is that over-the-counter pills that say they can help in that department contain unregulated chemicals, suggest unsafe doses, and include the risk of several other health problems. That's why we partnered with our friends over at Joy Mode. Whether you're looking to spice up your intimate moments or increase your confidence in the bedroom, Joy Mode makes all-natural and science-backed supplements dedicated to helping men perform better across their core functions. Redefine your intimacy and go to Joy Mode. You, excuse me, redefine your intimacy and go to usejoymode.com for 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS. That's 20% off and free shipping with code BUCKNUTS at usejoymode.com, J-O-Y-M-O-D-E.com. Ingredients with integrity, Joy Mode. Here are the game changers. All ingredients have been assessed in peer-reviewed journals. All ingredients have been studied and researched in humans. Go to usejoymode.com slash BUCKNUTS, get 20% off and free shipping with the code BUCKNUTS at checkout. That's 20% off and free shipping with code BUCKNUTS at usejoymode.com slash BUCKNUTS. Great sex solved naturally. All right, let's make a smooth transition to Ohio State football. How's everybody doing out there? Oh, boy. I would say we could talk uh, Bengals and Cowboys. Let's not do that. Um, Dave. Boy. I knew things were going to go bad this season when our first two draft picks, being the Cowboys, came from... Michigan, Michigan, pretty good defense. If you want to stop the run, pretty good to defense draft a defensive tackle that can't get off the ball. And Mozzie Hamilton, Mozzie Smith, that's just a good sign that I messed up his name. And then the tight end Schoonmaker was awful. And I wish I was surprised, Dave. I wish I was surprised. Yeah, I didn't think Dax Hill played really well this year for the Bengals. Turns out I was right. Maybe I wasn't hard enough on him. I saw PFF came out with their rankings for safeties. They ranked 97 total safeties in the NFL. Dax Hill ranked 90th 
out of 97. And if you remember when the Bengals took Dax Hill at the end of the first round in 2022, they were going, they'd show the Bengals like war room. They were going around just slapping each right. other around, getting each other, just dapping each other up like they just won the Super Bowl or something because they drafted Dax Hill. I'm thinking, you guys just drafted an undersized safety. Anyway, all right. Listen, the Cowboys thought they had drafted the real Jalen Carter. They drafted the fake Jalen Rose. So it was – let's talk Buckeyes. Let's talk Buckeyes. Let's get into it. All right, projected depth chart. It's just crazy. As you said before we came on, if you would have, if you would have told Buckeye fans the day after the Cotton Bowl, the day a couple days after the Cotton Bowl, whatever it was, which was just like just over two weeks ago, that all of this would transpire, the guys they've gotten from the portal, Will Howard, Judkins, all these guys, uh, McLaughlin, um, and then all the guys coming back. I mean, pretty much everybody came back. So we knew Marvin was going to go. Mike Hall's the only one that initially surprised me until I, again, as I've said on the show many times, until I learned he's he's having a baby. Um, him and his, his girlfriend, fiance, are having a baby. Uh, makes a lot of sense. Everybody else is coming back. It's like been the perfect storm for Ohio State ever since what was a uh, pretty depressing Cotton Bowl. It's incredible, Dave. Um I use the term Sega and that dates me because when I say Sega, I mean, I think what the kids call it, the, the play, uh, PlayStation, you know, when you can go into jo- uh, play mode and, and make your team on a video game. I had envisioned Quinchon Judkins on my team, but it was the Cowboys. It was not Ohio State. That to me is the most ridiculous aspect of all the additions. If you had told someone that, they were going to add Judkins and Trayvon Henderson would come back. That's literally outlandish. That doesn't even make any sense prior to the transfer portal era and the fact that you can, and the NIL and you can pay these guys. That wouldn't even make any sense. Um, and then Will Howard, I'm higher on than probably some other people. Uh, I like the center from Alabama. I like the blocking tight end. Will Kazmarek, I had said early on, they need a, at least someone who can go in there and handle the edge while they develop Jelani Thurman. So it's pretty incredible, pretty incredible job they've done so far. And um, then you add in the fact that everyone is coming back. What's ironic, Dave, is they're almost going to have some of the advantages next year that Michigan had this year and that, no, they're not bringing back a bunch of guys. A couple of them probably could have slid into the first round or been set. But what Michigan had, was a giant depth of older pros who were just men. The added year is not even if even if, for example, let's take JT for an example. Let's say he doesn't get better as a football player. He's still going to get another year in the weight room of growth as a young 20 year old something kid who's going to be stronger. I thought the difference in Michigan's team was their depth of men along the interior and the length of the defensive line. They just never got tired up there. They rotated. And uh, we're just so deep with not necessarily first-round draft picks. Now, they do have some really good guys in the middle. But if you look at Ohio State now, they're just so deep with adults that the chances for newer guys to succeed, your Will Howards, et cetera, I think go up tremendously. I've had a lot of people ask about uh, is an offensive coordinator on the way. We will get to that. We are going to get to that. But I, I was jotting down the. This was fun before the show. I was just jotting down the, the projected depth chart. And I just did the starters, but for a lot of positions, I wrote like, for example, at running back, Trey slash Judkins. So 
I did I did throw like you know to a lot of times two players on there. But look at this. I mean, quarterback, obviously Will Howard, running back, Travion Henderson, Quinshawn Judkins, wide receiver, Emeka Ibuka, Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, and Jeremiah Smith. I have him in there. And then you look at the depth, also is good. It didn't look like it was going to be good, but Ballard is going to be probably the fifth guy. Bryson Rogers is now coming back after you know testing the waters. Mylon Graham coming in. They still have Kojo Don't sleep on Graham. And, and what's that? Don't sleep Don't on hit. Graham. Definitely don't. Yeah, I mean, if if it wasn't for Jeremiah Smith, he'd, he'd be the crown jewel. He's a five-star himself, Mylon Graham. Um, so the depth is deep. They got Keon Grays and Kojo Antwi just in case as well. Tight end, you mentioned. I like Will uh, Kak Merrick. I think that was a good get. Jelani Thurman's on the rise. G. Scott's coming back. Some good things at tight end there. You got Bennett Christian coming back. All right, let's look at the offensive line. Left tackle, presuming Josh Simmons doesn't move to right tackle if they get somebody from the portal, but Simmons at left tackle. Donovan Jackson's at left guard. Center, Seth McLaughlin. We'll see what happens with Carson Hinsman. Hopefully Carson sticks around. Right guard, compete at center, compete at guard. Um, and then he still has two years left after these three years left, including this one. Josh Fryer at right guard, competing with Tegra. And I have in the right tackle, Dan, I have portal, exclamation mark, and then slash Luke Montgomery. So I think Luke could get the job done if need be at right tackle. But I I want to see – that's kind of like my one more thing I want to see that needs to happen. Well, player-wise, roster-wise, not coaching-wise. I do need to see some things on the coaching. But, like, as far as the roster, you give me one good tackle. I know it's hard. Give me one good tackle in the portal. Oh, boy. I'll get to defense in a moment. But your thoughts on my projected depth chart there? Anything you'd like to add? Uh, as you were going through that, they may have the best. This may, I have not thought about this yet. So if I'm being hyperbolic shocker, it's buck nuts. They may have the best senior wide receiver, the best sophomore wide receiver and best freshman wide receiver in the country. That's very possible. Yes. Um, (laughs) I was just thinking about that. That's unbelievable. The receiver room is, is unheard of literally because, the one thing you may have said had all the guys left who you thought might leave was that, you know, you'd probably want one guy in the room who's been there before and done that and stuff, you know, a veteran type. The idea that that's going to be a Mecca Egbuka, he's also going to be the best receiver on the team. And I don't know if you've ever met this. A Mecca is, I don't want to be, a Mecca is the kind of guy you want to marry your daughter. You know yeah. what I mean? Emeka's yes. one of those guys when you talk to, he's such the total package that you start losing your self-confidence the more the conversation goes on. And you're like, how is this guy so mature for his age? He's, you know, so the idea that he's the leader of the group, then you add in the fact that you got a new quarterback coming in. So having a veteran receiver in there to kind of you know, oversee that knows the offense theoretically, and we'll get to that if it changes. So I, I can't get over how awesome that is. Now, I will say this. I go Simmons. I'm optimistic about Simmons because he improved as the season went on and he was not here for the off season. So my hope is, you know, another year, no breakup of time with the coaches and the weight room and the vision. You would assume he'll be better this year. I think that's a fair assumption based on the way he played and improved. Donovan Jackson did not have a great year. He knows that he's coming back. He is the kind of guy, if he puts it all together as a guard and a pedigree, you're talking about a guy who could get himself into the second round. He's that good. Center, Seth McLaughlin. We all know the low-hanging fruit that's going to be discussed early about his staffing problems. The guy's a stud. By the way, you know where he went to high school? Buford. 
in Georgia. Another thing that's good if a guy visits and he knows the veteran there, they also know Edric Houston, pipeline time all the time. That might be the number one high school in the country for football right now. I'm not kidding. Go look it up. He took over Harry Miller, which is interesting, as their center. When Harry left for Ohio State, Seth became their starting center, I believe, for two years. Yeah. Okay, I'll tell so you what, man, Georgia, it used to be like when I first started doing this professionally, there was actually a debate out there because it was like you had the big three. You had yep. Florida. You had in whatever order, Texas, California, as far as yep. the best recruiting states. And then there was a legit debate between Ohio and Georgia for number four. <laughs> Ain't no debate anymore. And I hate to say it. I, I say it like I'm happy. I'm not happy. Like, um, no, Ohio's listen, the, the football in this state is still really, really, really good. Really good. I think we need spring football. And I think guys are underrated a lot of times. I mean, just look at even to this day. I mean, guys from Ohio do pretty well in something called the NFL. But still, man, Georgia is just next level. It's it's just they are now in in the big four, you know. And it's Ohio and Pennsylvania battling it out for uh, for number five. I but, think uh, player for player, David, Georgia might be the best. I had on. I've talked about Gwinnett County here. That's the county north of Atlanta. Go look at the all Gwinnett County team last year in the newspaper it will it literally is unbelievable by the way Caden mcdonald defensive player of the year came to ohio state but it, it's staggering urban meyer has been quoted recently as saying you could go set up shop north of georgia and build two championship teams okay let's get back to the starting lineup i'm good at center once you get to right guard and right tackle to me everything on the table everything i, I wouldn't promise anyone a job at right guard or right tackle I do think they need to go into the portal and get another tackle. Um, now, that is much easier said than done. One thing that's become clear about the portal, and this will lean to my dream scenario going forward, try and get your keep feeding your kids and make them offensive linemen because they are scarce. The fact that there just aren't that many good offensive linemen has been absolutely highlighted by the transfer portal. Everybody wants them. And by the way, look at the NFL. Everybody wants offensive linemen now. It's become the most scarce commodity in the league besides a franchise quarterback. Um, so let's see. I kind of like to see Luke Montgomery at right guard, personally, and then a stud right tackle. But um, that would be my my dream scenario for that part. Yeah, and Tegra's entering his third year. I mean, you got to think if he's going to be a, a dude, like this is this might be his year. We'll see what happens. Um, yeah, man, I mean – they're going to be stacked. There's just no doubt about it. I had fun doing this. All right, let's look at the defense. Speaking of stacked, this is incredible. All right. Yes. This is unbelievable. We all knew this, but when you sit down and write it out, it's like, it's just fun. It's just fun. All right, defensive end. Tui Moloau, defensive tackles. Ty Leak and Ty Hamilton. The other defensive end, Jack Sawyer. Boom. Depth, you got it. Caden Curry and Kenyatta Jackson, a defensive end. D tackle, you got Hero Canoe on the come up. He looked pretty good as a redshirt freshman to me. You mentioned Caden McDonald. I thought he was good as a true freshman. I like him as, you know, that third or fourth guy, depending on what happens with Hero. I like both those guys to round out the two deep. I said I wasn't going to get into backups. I can't help myself, Dan. Um, and then even, you know, you got Tywon Malone to add a little depth in there. You got Will Smith Jr. You got um, Jason Moore. Uh, Jason Moore. Exactly. All right. So linebacker is interesting. So, Got to think Cody Simon is a fifth-year senior. I thought he played well this past year as a fourth-year guy. I think uh, Cody Simon's going to be a starter. Then I wonder what's going to happen from there. Gabe Powers, I've heard they like him. He's going to be a third-year sophomore. C.J. Hicks is who I have penciled in right now as a starter. That might be wishful thinking. 
do they move Lorenzo style? Excuse me. Not Lorenzo Styles Jr. probably should. Lorenzo Sr. was a good linebacker. That's back when I was uh back in my day when I was in high school and uh college was when Lorenzo Sr. was playing middle linebacker. Will they move Sonny Styles to linebacker? That'll be interesting. Oh my gosh, the secondary. I just oh man. Oh my gosh. Corner, Denzel Burke, other corner, De- Davis and Igbenosin, slot corner slash safety, Jordan Hancock. Oh my gosh. Any other year, Jermaine Matthews would be penciled in as a stud starter, as a sophomore. He's the number four corner. Unbelievable. Calvin Simpson Hunt, number five corner. It's crazy. Safety, Lathan Ransom. We broke that story live on the Bucknuts Morning 5 that Friday. Not this past Friday, the Friday before that. Lathan was coming back. Great news. Safety. Right now I have Styles in there, but he might move to linebacker. I'm curious to get your thoughts on what happened with might happen with Sonny Styles. If it's not Sonny, Malik Hartford is right there ready to get the job done. Goodness gracious. They're stacked, my man. I don't even really know what to say to it. Seriously. Um, <laughs> it's football. So let's be honest. That's not what the roster is going to look like at the end of the year because of attrition and injuries and uh, quality depth is really the the difference between Ohio State and some of these, you know, the real blue blood programs and the others. They're going to be – really in good position. And like I said, the blend of veteran leadership on the team, you know, we've Jim Knowles's defense. We talked about how much better the team was the second year in the defense. You got guys going to be in their third year in this defense. How many guys at Ohio state get to play three years in a defense? Think about that. That's not very common because guys are headed to the league or when we have some Look at the, the defensive changeover we've had. That tends to be one of the spots that flips a little bit here. So, um, yes, and we, we will get into this, but I definitely understand that when you talk about Ohio State now, all the compliments tend to come with a uh, disclaimer of no excuses for day. Um, the most powerful people I've spoken to, my best sources, express joy that they're some of them were involved in the NIL, et cetera. They express joy, and then they come with no excuses now. Um, things are a little bit different when your fans are writing big checks, not just for tailgates um, and tickets. So the pressure is building, but look, there's worse things to have happen than have a stacked roster and high expectations. We had somebody say it's a balmy 80 degrees in Dayton right now. If you mean eight degrees, I'm in – I'm in Columbus. Dan is in Dayton, specifically Hilliard, Oakwood. Yeah, what's it? What's I saw early when I woke up, it was like seven. Then it said it was going to drop to six. I'm like, what? How's it going to get colder? Yeah, it's six. Six. Columbus, Ohio, six. The mean streets of Oakwood are frozen. My dog, I opened the door. The dog kind of looked at me like, you go out there. And uh, I had to push him. But yeah, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. Don't you just have Cowboys football to warm your heart or not? Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's worse your team missing the playoffs or your team getting blown out in the first round of the playoffs when you're hosting and you're favored by like a touchdown. Dave, Dave. for the Bengals, you know wasn't fun for the Cowboys. You know what this does? It clears the way for Belichick, for old Bill Belichick to come oh, yeah. in. He's and, always following uh, Parcells, isn't he? He's always following in Parcells' footsteps. Just got to not – if Romo can hold a snap, Bill will win the title. <laughs> Shocker, I bookend this with sorrow. 
Go ahead, Dave. I don't know about that, Jim. Okay, Jim. Yeah. Um, okay. Jason Candle, is he on the way? Is somebody else on the way? I've heard, heard there's some smoke. Maybe Dave's looking at somebody in the NFL right now. Um, a coordinator from the NFL or maybe a position coach in the NFL that could there's a lot of smoke that he's gonna bring in an offensive coordinator. I'm still in the I'll believe it when I see it mode because calling offensive plays is Ryan Day's baby. I mean right. all the stuff that he does, that is what he like I, I think enjoys doing the most. But if he does bring in an offensive coordinator, even if he does turn over play calling duties, it would be a lot like in a perfect world, like Tom Herman and Urban Meyer, where Herman was up in the box, sterile environment. I've told that story before how you know, the Carlos Hyde story where they, they wanted to run Carlos Hyde for the two-point conversion. Everybody was he's like, no, no, we promised we were going to do this Kenny Guyton throwback pass, the Purdue game that year in 2013. They did it, or was it 2012? And it worked. Um, and Urban was still heavily involved in everything. That would be my point. I mean, Ryan Day, even if he does bring in an offensive quarter from the outside, obviously Ryan Day is going to be heavily involved in everything they do offensively. But I think that would be great for him to be just a CEO Bring in somebody like Jason Candle, the head coach at Toledo, Ohio guy, played and coached at Mountain Union, done a good job at Toledo, been there eight years as head coach. Um, and but maybe it's somebody from you know the NFL, um, kind of like what he did with Halfley with defense. Day himself had a couple years in the NFL. Uh, yeah, get into just uh, your thoughts on Jason Candle, and uh, I know you want to mention your dream staff as well. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> good lord. Um, I'm not sure about the day offensive coordinator thing. I'm not as I don't think I was on board for, with that as everybody else, just because that's his def, that's his authenticity, man. That's you know we talk about Urban, and look, there's a reason that picture sits behind me, and you know your family and my family is indebted to Urban and what he did to make the program where it went and uh, took this site along with it. So we Jim are Trestle. Jim Trestle too. Okay. He's the, the one that got, I get he's it. The one that got the ship off the, off the ground, baby. Got the plane That's off fair. the ground. That's then fair. Urban Urban the one who, like, then Urban sent it into ludicrous speed when he got here. Exactly. Urban was, uh, Urban was the rock star though, man. He oh. took the program to that. Like, yeah. you know, like, I can't explain that little extra juice you get when you're Hollywood in a good way. Um, I also thought I used to say this about John Gruden. John Gruden wakes up every morning at three seventeen without an alarm clock. And I thought, how awesome is it? You get an extra six hours a day from your coach. Okay. I don't want my son to be waking up at three seventeen in the morning, but I like it when my football coach is obsessed. And I never spent one day worried about urban Meyer wanting to win football games. You can sleep good on that. And that, to me, is reassuring. Um, here's what I would like to see them do. In the transfer portal era, and I touched on this earlier, it is clear to me, without question, the number one commodity is offensive linemen, by far. They are completely scarce. So what does that mean? You want to work on who is the better, at, who's best at developing offensive linemen would be Someone you'd really want to be in charge. Someone who's a little bit better at the development side. Well, in the transfer portal era, I don't think you're going to have a lot of time for development because we have no patience. We're not talking about developing a right tackle from our all-star roster. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're talking about going into the portal. So we need someone who can 52 pick up the offensive line every year. Take what he's given and make it great. The best person on the earth at this is Bill Callahan of the Cleveland Browns. 
He is an offensive line wizard. Yes. Now, yes. we can put together a really embarrassing reel of his meetings with the media and on the Raiders calling his team the stupidest team ever or, or really not being a good head coach at Nebraska. I get all that. If you go back and look, he is a genius when it comes to the offensive line. I'm not kidding. He was a genius with the Cowboys. He's done wonders with the Browns. Go go listen to these guys talk about his ability to teach technique, his ability to work with young guys and veterans. He's got that rare ability. And he has this gift of building cohesion among guys every year, even if they're different. Um, and that is what you're dealing with. Also, you can make him assistant head coach. He's not a kind of guy who's geeking to be head coach. He's not an up-and-comer. I know Bax and even you have said we need a veteran presence in there. Dude, that's a veteran presence who's been there and done that. He's coached. Look at the guys he's coached for. And he is a great offensive line developer. Now, Justin Fry, I would say start recruiting or, you know, the offensive line coach should really just be a glorified recruiter. If he's not the best one, get another one. And then Callahan can essentially run the offensive line. And then Day can just call plays and do his thing. And I think they'll be in great shape. I'm not against the idea of bringing in Callahan and Jason Candle. That makes sense to me if you think that's the way to go. But if you had an offensive line wizard who every year could take what you had when you can't develop anymore and you may not have the depth you once had because your sixth guy now is a starter at 290 schools, right? Bill Callahan is my guy. That's my dream scenario. And then uh, thankfully Joe Flacco got him done early for the playoffs and you won't have to worry about that. So that's it for me, Dave. I'll tell you what, we don't get uh, everybody in the comments section agreeing on everything or agreeing, everybody agreeing on something very often. Everybody's agreeing with you, saying what a great idea that is, Dan. Everybody agrees with uh, bringing Callahan in. Now, I do think this is an interesting point. Now, money talks, but would he leave the Browns? Would he leave the being the O-line coach of the Browns to come to Ohio State as offensive coordinator slash O-line coach? I don't know. That's a good question from X. He's already in Ohio. We can just get him an apartment in downtown and he have to sell his house. You're crazy if you don't no, think I that. I like helps. it. I, I like it. I just would would he would he be willing to leave the Browns because he's got a pretty cushy job. You're the O line coach for an NFL team. You don't have to worry about recruiting or any nonsense. I don't know. No, you don't have to. You don't. He doesn't have to recruit until he's here. That's what I said. You can create the job for him. The offensive line coach can be the recruiter. He doesn't need to do it. You create the job, and if he says I don't want to do this, I don't want to do that, you say okay, okay, okay. He doesn't need to be. We have a head coach. We don't need him to be the head coach. We need someone who is an offensive line wizard. I'm talking your young guy, Donovan Jackson, his NFL stock will go up if Bill Callahan comes to this team. That's just a fact. So I love that's it. what I, I would think do. It'd be great. I agree that's with I agree with you. I'm not going to be the dissenting voice. I agree. I think it'd be great. I think it's just would he be willing to leave the Browns? I don't know. Maybe he would. Um right that, would be, that would be right that would be that would be a coup if that happened. All right, last like, thing. So we have hold on a sec. Time out. I Go see ahead. people saying on here that Fry's a Fry doesn't need to coach anymore. Then he just needs to recruit and stand there and practice and give guys motivation. Callahan will handle that. 
what they do behind closed doors is none of our business. He can go recruit. And if he can't recruit, now you have Callahan. Go hire the guy who's the best offensive line recruiter in the country who maybe isn't a great coach yet. Then you just go, you know, the yin-yang approach. But offensive line is going to be the key, man. Look around. It's impossible to get them. Impossible. There's only so many big dudes out there, right? It's it's become when you do the transfer portal, they, they it flattens out. Then math kicks in. It's supply and demand. There just aren't enough big dudes that can move. So it even Ohio State, Alabama, Georgia. If you look, offensive lines a the thing they're going to be geeked about. You know, we talk. I don't like the vibe, but people here talk. People don't even want Jamie French. That's how geeked we've got about receiver. They're clueless. But offensive line is so scarce. The idea that this guy can take a six and make him an eight, you can recruit whoever you want. So, and I do think there's enough guys in the Ohio pipeline. We are lucky in that. Like Carter Lowe is in Ohio. Sam Greer is in Ohio. There are future left tackles coming like Paris Johnson. I'm not saying they're as good as Paris, but there are guys in Ohio. I mean, the Armstrong brothers, you got to get lucky within the state every once in a while for us to be great and um, not lucky, but the state's productive. So this is what I would do. And you can tell I'm passionate about it and just had a bunch of coffee. So that people tell me to calm down. I won't calm down. (laughs) We got Buckeye basketball at high noon today, Ohio state at Michigan. How about that? Can Chris Holtman get his team back on track? It's every January they go into this swoon, man. They, they gotta, they gotta end this nonsense. Michigan's not very good at the basketball this year, but we'll see. I wish this game was at home, but it's not. It's at Michigan. Good sports day. we got Ohio State basketball at noon, a couple of NFL playoff games. Happy MLK Day to everybody. Dan Rubin, great stuff, my man. Hope everyone has a great rest of your day. This is Tony Kornheiser's show. I'm Tony. We expected someone else. So what exactly is the show about? Hmm, I don't know. It's a sports show nominally. Football's over, but we're finally at a point where things matter in college basketball and baseball season is on deck. Greatest three words in the English language, pitchers and catchers. We have some of the best voices come on and explain what matters or what makes an upset, like Ryan does, <laughs> nine over eight. No, that's not an upset. No, yeah, it is, Bob. And if you're lucky, I might just tell you about my search for discounted sleep pants or my worries about what my dog just ate. Listen on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.